for me, it's been really cool, Andrew, to like learn what love really is. Like it's not always perfect. It's not going to be rainbows and that you shouldn't give up the minute that you fight because you think, oh, well, we're not supposed to be together because we argued. I think it's been great like to see what love really is and that it's work and that it takes like a commitment every day and to be able to share that with him. Welcome to Love Matters. I'm Jeff Cole. And I'm Lori Cret. We're married, licensed therapists, and board-certified coaches who specialize in relationships. We're also the founders of Aspen Relationship Institute. To find out more about the work we do, check us out at aspenrelationship.com. Love Matters is a collection of insights and observations from our own relationship, from our work as coaches, and from couples who we meet who are loving and living in inspiring ways. So today we are really excited to welcome Andrew Muse and Ashley Lamar to Love Matters. Andrew and Ashley are content creators and producers of their hit series, Tiny Home Adventure. The series highlights their incredible adventures where they live full-time out of their self-built 120-square-foot expedition vehicle with their four-year-old golden retriever pup, Kicker. There he is. Welcome, <laughs> everybody. Welcome, hey. guys. We're so psyched for you guys to be joining us from your truck camper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're, we're here in the Muse Room. We're in Park City, Utah, kind of eating out the COVID-19 thing and yep. healing from a broken leg. <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff going on. So totally. jumping right into you guys' relationship, um, Andrew, so you guys met on uh, at about two years ago on the dating app. Were were you looking for a relationship or were you looking for someone to hang out with, someone to, to play an adventure with? What was your mindset? Yeah, um, you know, I had been working really, really hard on my career um, with very little like social free time. I didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to meet people. So I was on a dating app. Uh, I was on Tinder and I had gone on like four or five like really terrible dates. <laughs> Uh, I was at the point in my life that I was looking for a long-term partner. I wasn't on Tinder just to try to to get some, um, as you know, most people probably use Tinder for. Um, so yeah, I was I was actively looking for a partner, somebody that I could bring on or bring into the lifestyle I had built. Um, I wasn't terribly interested in altering my lifestyle to chase somebody, but I feel like I built something really cool, and you know, I've got this amazing dog and this 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 opportunity to travel and experience the world. And I wanted to share that with somebody that, uh, you know, would be fun to share it with. Um, our first date, we went out to these hot springs about a half hour away and she just seemed like really willing and down and excited to go check these out. And just her like immediate vibe clicked. And then once we got out to the hot springs, we hung out and talked for six or seven hours, just kind of about life philosophy and <laughs> yeah. views on life and, different, you know, life experiences that we had had in the past. So uh, it sort of just clicked almost immediately, um, for me at least. Yeah, for me as well. Um, we, we met up and I wasn't really sure. I'd never been to Hot Springs before. I'd never met Andrew. I was showing up to this like random house in the dark to go drive to these hot springs in the middle of nowhere. So I did not know what to expect. And um, we, like he said, we just clicked. We talked for hours at the hot springs to the point that we like missed dinner like all the restaurants in the area had closed down by then and we ended up having to get little caesar's pizza for our first so <laughs> a funny side story um uh, you know I, I meet this girl i've been on a couple dates that i was like totally uninterested in and now i'm like wow this girl's amazing there's uh right by the hot springs there's a few like fairly nice restaurants they kind of call midway like little switzerland in utah it's like this themed little town and I was like, oh, let's go grab dinner at a nice place. And she was kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of smelly. I don't know. And we, I pushed a little bit and she's like, well, is there a little Caesars nearby? So I went from spending, you know, probably $100 on dinner or more to spending 10 I was like, all right, I can I can handle that. And she's like, I love little Caesars. She was yeah. like so happy with it. So let only be willing to show up to my house like late in the evening, having never met to go to some hot springs. Um, and then we, you know, hit it off as far as conversationally. And then she was a cheap date, like all the things. That <laughs> That's good. You ask more. Yeah. Yeah. We like talked for, I think it was, I mean, six or seven hours the yeah. first night that we hung out and there was never a lapse in conversation. It was just wow. always 
going and kind of like being able to relate to each other and the things that we had gone to like not specifically gone through in our lives but we'd both gone through difficult things and we could relate on that aspect and then yeah and then our second date he took me winter camping and we had hot dogs and wine and chocolate and that's like some of my other favorite things so <laughs> I just can't really beat yeah. that <laughs> sounds like you nailed it Andrew yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys done any stalking of each other or, or, you know, Google searching or? So that was kind of important to me. Funny story. The day that I had my first date with Andrew, I had actually supposed to have a different date with some other guy on Tinder down in Salt Lake City. And, but he wouldn't give me his last name. He wouldn't give me his social media. And I was like, this sounds like I'm going to get kidnapped. Like, <laughs> I cannot meet this person. And so Andrew asked if we could have a date that night. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to cancel on this other guy and have one. Because I did, I was able after a couple of days of messaging to find Andrew on social media. And then actually I hadn't realized when we matched on Tinder who he was um but i realized after finding him on social media that i had watched his video about his accident two years prior i think uh with my mom at home and like my, both my mom and i had like cried over it yeah. so that's why i messaged him and i was like wow actually i didn't realize before but i've seen your video and i do know who you are but and i didn't do a whole lot of stalking i just kind of went with a <laughs> cute girl on tinder <laughs> seemed cool <laughs> Yeah. I would have had a harder time kidnapping you. So, yeah. <laughs> Good kicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as kicker's safe, you know, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Yeah. So we're really curious about sort of the leap and the progression from meeting on Tinder and having a great couple of first dates to this decision to meld your lives together in a 120 square feet. <laughs> um, so if you could share with us a little bit about what your kind of internal processes were for coming to that decision, how you guys work together as a couple to navigate and negotiate making this happen. For me, that was kind of my dream setting out. Like I worked really hard to build this lifestyle, this life of being on the road, you know, kicker's my dream dog, this is my dream. Uh, vehicle. Although when we started dating, this wasn't, uh, this was very much a, a, an idea, the the truck that we built. Um, but I had always sort of envisioned having a, a partner that I could adventure with um, and take places and experience things with, you know, because shared, shared experiences is so much more fulfilling. And uh, it was sort of just fit into that like idealist dream I had of what my life would be. So I was always like actively looking to bring somebody on to travel with me full-time to bring them into my business to bring them into like pretty much every element of my life so for me that's what I was hoping was going to happen and it took some convincing when <laughs> Ashley's part she can tell her side of the story um so yeah for me I had moved out here I had gotten a dream job at um, a hotel that I had wanted to work for since college I this wasn't the location I wanted though so my plan always was move out here for a year and be able to transfer somewhere warmer in, in that same hotel um and I met Andrew within the first week of moving out here and we kind of had a strange start to the relationship so I met him a week and then moving out here and my roommate situation out here was terrible. So I ended up moving in with him after a month of dating and he was living in like a tiny above garage studio apartment. So we kind of- It was of an awesome bachelor <laughs> pad. It was perfect for me. <laughs> but we kind of started out living together in very small spaces. Like this apartment had no door on the bathroom. So we had- Which to was right those. next to the bed. So he's <laughs> totally shameless so we had pretty to much get, immediately. Yeah, we had to get close pretty quickly. And then um, I think it was like, Shortly after we moved in together, he started asking me, would you consider quitting your job to work for me full time and travel? Like, this is my idea. I want to travel for season three of my show and like go on the road full time. And I honestly don't think that I can make it work with someone if they're not willing to do that with me. And at that point, I mean, I didn't set it up as quite so much of an ultimatum, but well, no, but he just like he mentioned that like his idea, ideal like relationship was being able to travel on the road. And I've done long distance before and it wasn't something that I really wanted to do again. Um, so for me, the logical decision was to just kind of take the leap and go with him. And um, it was hard to leave my career and everything, but it's been it's worked out for the best so it was it was a a bit of a push and you know she was working a job when she'd come home and she'd complain about um you know the people or how she was treated and I was like come on like if you work for me we can travel we can do all these things like 
You so know. that was a driving force. I forgot. I was going to mention that. Um, I, I kept saying no. I said no for months. So I wasn't going to leave my job. I worked really hard to get to where I was in my career. Um, and then just some things started happening with work where I wasn't agreeing with some of the people I was working with. And it, it, they weren't looking out for my best interests, I felt like. So that's when I decided, you know what? There's no time like now. Uh, the resort closes down in April for a month. So it was the perfect time. I was like, all right, well, when we close, that's going to be the last of me working here and I'm going to go work for my boyfriend. So that's kind of how it went. <laughs> so what percentage of time are you guys on the road? Like recording seasons is someplace stable? Uh, ideally 100% of the time. Um, but with everything that's been going on, the, the vehicle took literally 10 times longer than we expected. So a little kind of um, interesting moment was, you know, I convinced, I told Ashley that we were, I was going to build this thing. She left for work one day and I sort of impulse bought this truck, the base vehicle and came back. She's like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be two months of intensely brutal work, but we'll be on the road and we'll be able to travel and, it ended up taking more than 20 months, almost two years. Mm -hmm. So more than 10 times longer than what I had promised initially. Um, and, you know, halfway through that, she quit her job and started working for me. And like, it wasn't really what I told her it was going to be. No. <laughs> um, so she's been extremely patient with that. So we're still trying to get on the road like uh, a few months ago, three months ago. Well, so we've been in it. We've only actually lived in it full time since December so about six months now and, and three months into it I broke my leg snowboarding and now we have the whole coronavirus thing so we've been in it we, we've been sleeping in it but at the moment we've been kind of parked outside of a friend's house um, who's been kind enough to let us sort of inhabit the house during the day and we sleep here this is sort of our space during the day but uh yeah it's um our, our hope and dream is to actually be on the road full time here in the next week or so. We've sort of ramped everything up, tightened up as many loose ends as we can. And the whole COVID-19 thing is starting to um, ease up a little bit. You know, we're going to be in remote locations, not interacting with people. So I feel like our footprint doesn't really change whether we're parked in front of our friend's driveway or in the middle of the desert. Yeah. So ideally on the road 100% of the time or 98% of the time, because stuff breaks and we need to do laundry and shower, <laughs> you know. So one of the reasons we were so excited to interview you is because of how unique your lifestyle is and really kind of our theory that it just amplifies the highs and the lows that every couple goes through. So you have this incredible life of chasing adventures and amazing experiences together and building on strengths in that way. Um, but also being in such a small space, working together, living together, blending so much together um, can create kind of amplified challenges on that end as well. Um, so we want to spend a little bit of time exploring both sides of that. Uh, and Jeff is going to start a little bit by asking you about some of the amazing stuff. Yeah. And one of the things I think for me that that really started my interest in, in talking with you guys is, is the adventure lifestyle, um, you know, that that everything you do is sort of in this realm of, you know, of what we call awe. And, you know, one of my favorite contemporary philosophers, Jason Silva, talks of he, he hosts a show called Shots of Awe. And his his whole idea is that, um, you know, getting into um, a situation, usually like nature, um, uh, or something that really challenges you, you know, gets you out of your head and, and more into your heart. And I, and I think, you know, you guys, um, sort of the, the extreme of that, you know, when we work with, with our clients, um, you know, we, we try to get them to do things that are a little outside of the box. Um, you know, whether it's trying a new restaurant or even like taking dance lessons. So it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, jumping off of cliffs or, um, or a lot of the things, the crazy things that you guys do. Um, but, you know, from the outside, your lives are really full um, of awe. Everything that you do has some element, you know, whether it's being out in nature or all the, the sports and, and adventures that you do. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you think that sense of awe that, that you guys are experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis um, enhances your relationship? So first thing I would have to say is, you know, taking dance lessons for me would probably be 
just as scary as some people jumping off of, you know, some of the cliffs that we jump off of. Um, but I'll let you, I'll let you start. Um, I I'm think curious. one of my favorite things about our relationship is that he pushes me so far outside my comfort zone. Like I, before I met him, like I had never really, I hadn't really been camping except in my own backyard. Um, so our second date was winter camping in negative five degree temperatures. <laughs> so that pushed me out of my comfort zone. So I just threw her to the fire quick. <laughs> if she was going to, you know, fish and moan the whole time, we'd be like, all right, she did great. <laughs> I'd never been to the desert. That was our fourth date is going and camping in the desert, um, going through slack canyons. I've never been in the slack canyon. I've never like climbed things like that. So I think just one of my favorite things is how far he pushes me outside of my comfort zone and like tells me you can do this because I get so in my head and I'm afraid of heights. Um, I'm not used to those kinds of things. And so I think him just being able to be there and like encourage me, like, look, you can do this. Like, stop being such a baby about it. You've got this. And then like, it empowers me to feel like, yeah, I can't do that. Okay. And then you do it and you're like, oh, let's do it again. That's fine. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, it's like the first push is always like, no, I, I don't think I'm capable of that. And then you do it and you're like, let's go do that again. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, are you, is the question, are you looking for like specific moments of all that have like amplified the relationship or? I think both. So kind of the specific moments, but also how the the lifestyle of sort of chasing these adventures creates more closeness for you or helps you guys bond as a couple. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've always like really liked to push myself physically and mentally. And um, that's just sort of my thing is like that sort of progression. Um, I know Ashley and I are on, on, on two different um to have two different skill sets you know mine is very much like outdoor action sports adventure that's basically what i've dedicated the majority of my life to um so she gets thrown into a lot of situations that are really really far outside of her skill set and out far outside of her comfort zone which um requires a lot of trust on her part um and you know i i have a, a habit of kind of pushing people outside of their comfort zone taking people on trips and putting them in situations where they're like, I don't think I can do this. And 98% of the time, I know 100% for sure that they can. Um, but one of our first major, uh, basically the furthest I've ever put somebody outside of their comfort zone and outside of their skill set. And really it was a situation that I was like, oh man, like maybe this was too far was with Ashley. Um, the story it's a pretty fun story um a good friend of mine who's a great climber uh, was like hey let's go let's go climb this thing in, in little cottonwood canyon a nearby area and i thought it was uh this this route called uh stewart's corner uh, i think that's what it's called and it's really easy very straightforward i'd been on it before and i was comfortable taking ashley up it but i'd gotten confused or there's a communication breakdown and we show up to the climb and it's something i'd never been on called outside corner which is substantially more exposed meaning it's just it, it's more airy you look down there's nothing below you you're very much trusting your gear there's never a spot where you feel overly secure and just for reference i'm terrified of heights i've gotten better at it but at that point i had only been climbing three times i'd only been outside like one other time i think but, you'd been to the top of the climbing wall like yeah. the 40 or 50 foot climbing wall at our local gym twice. unlike the easy route the route that has like the pizza holds for kids like that's the route <laughs> and previous to this i mean like a month before she had gotten like 15 feet off the ground maybe 10 feet off the ground she's like okay i'm done i'm coming down so anyways we we go on to this <laughs> climb like this isn't really what i thought it was my buddy kevin is uh this firefighter he's an incredibly strong climber and uh kind of just a brash person he's like oh you're fine i was like all right whatever kevin we'll follow you up this and you know safety wise i knew we could get her through it like we're both very experienced climbers we understand how everything works like I fully trust Kevin's ability and we set up we set off up this route and um, the way we did it is Kevin climbed first and and actually blade us both together so I was able to like sort of support Ashley through the climb and we get through the first pitch which is the first rope's length so the first 120 feet or so and, and you have to unclip at the end of every pitch so like you're just kind of standing on a ledge like not really clipped in it well, you're tied in well you're tied in no it didn't seem so safe to me <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're tied in the entire time but anyways yeah we we got to the situation and we're like the the last pitch the third pitch you kind of step off into the air it's like this very exposed move it's very intense 
even for me, like, I don't really like it. And uh, Ashley is like terrified, shaking. Literally, her hands are on the rocks, <laughs> and there's beads of sweat running down the rocks where her hand was. Like, I've never seen anyone's hands so sweat. <laughs> and I'm, I'm in this situation, like, you know, we could get her down, we could lower her, but it, then it becomes almost a rescue scenario, which is complex, it's time consuming. Um, you know, the easiest thing is to just climb through it. And we get to this point and we're climbing together and Ashley's out of her mind, scared, and she gets off route. So the, the ropes, you know, mounted here and she's kind of climbed off to the left and she's like, I'm like, Ashley, you need to get back this way. She's like, no, I'm going this way. It's fine. I'm like, okay, hopefully you can, you know, get back underneath the rope. And finally she gets to a spot that's blank. She can't go any further. Like, you know, you're gonna have to let go and just kind of swing back underneath the, the rope to get back on the route. And she swings over kicks Farm me door swings. yeah like like, like roll <laughs> like rolls down the cliff face kicks me in the head and i'm fine like i'm just i'm worried about her and my hat goes flying and she's like oh my god i'm so sorry like she's sobbing hysterical sobbing crying and i'm like, like now it's full-blown this is a rescue situation and i feel terrible like i've never put somebody this far outside of their comfort zone it was it was inappropriate i wish i had not done it <laughs> But she starts climbing while sobbing, moving uphill. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, there's no way we're getting out of this. Like, and she keeps going and she's starting to calm down a little bit. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry for what? Like, I should be sorry. <laughs> Get to the top, you know, I like kind of help her through. And, um, you know, that was, that's a very, very extreme example. The most extreme example we have, but, you know, she was able to really push through like an extremely high level of fear and self-doubt and do it in, in grace for the most part. And, you know, afterwards we took her out to a nice dinner, got her some sushi and tried to pamper her a little bit. But I, for me, I was like, man, I just, I just ruined this relationship. Oh. <laughs> I was upset because so once I like actually stopped swinging and I opened my eyes and realized I wasn't dead <laughs> I I was like okay so the only thing like the only way to get off of this is to climb to the top because I knew it would be like this whole process to get back down two pitches and I didn't want to have to go through that so I was like Ashley the only way you can get through this and get off this mountain right now is to climb so I was crying but I was like I can do it and I'm going and then I got to the top and I just felt so bad because it was his favorite hat and I was like I'm so sorry you lost your favorite hat. I could could have cared less about the hat <laughs> but I think just the situations like that have made me learn that I can 100% trust Andrew. Like he's one of the only people that I would trust with my life, like doing these kinds of things. Our friend, Kevin, I trust climbing, but like Andrew's the only person I trust taking me on most of these adventures because I know like he's got my safety and my well-being like the first thing. So even though it doesn't seem like it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't, but I know it's okay. Yeah. We actually went recently to, um, the cells and it was this slot canyon that we were going down and Andrew's like oh I've been down it tons of times uh, like this is another story maybe for another day but oh, here, continue well, just, I'll make it quick yeah. but it was uh he told us there'd be no water and so we were like okay and he's like it'll be warm it was kind of like the summer fall and so we we're wearing shorts and cotton t-shirts and just normal tennis shoes because we were told there's no water and we get to the top of it and it's a running waterfall because like, so this slot can you like climb down through and go down and it's just running water the water is freezing cold and if you know who sketchy andy lewis is he's like this crazy slackliner who's known for doing all these sketchy things and he's at the top of it starting it with his girlfriend and they're both wearing full-on wetsuits <laughs> like all this gear and we're just showing up in cotton t-shirts and shorts and I was like man what have you gotten me to this time <laughs> it's it's short enough that we could get through it without anyone dying it was uncomfortable but we were all fine it was fun we got through it. that's that's not a great example of of my leadership skills but no but it was fun it was great you made it. it's a great story yeah well, you know, one of the, the five elements that we talked to, uh, with you guys about earlier in the, the work that we do is, is trust. And, and, you know, it's, it's um, you brought that up and that you guys were sort of um, in, in these situations are really being exposed to this big question, can I trust this person? You know, I think we all struggle with that to some degree in relationships and, you know, we protect ourselves a little bit and and um it's really fascinating how you know you guys are thrown into situations where 
you really have to know that about each other. Um, and that, that creates a really cool foundation, I would imagine. Yeah, I've, I've never been in a relationship where I trust my partner as much as I trust Ashley, um, not only like in, in the backcountry, but just, you know, um, I've always had insecurities in relationships I've been cheated on. I've had, you know, some, some things happen that didn't feel good. And I don't have those like worries or the, you know, really a high level of anxiety at all when it comes to our relationship Same. Um, as far as trust or, you know, that dynamic, that, that aspect of it. For me, the relationship I was in before I met Andrew, like I was cheated on. I was lied to all the time. I did not have any trust. So when I met Andrew, it was hard for me initially to trust him I was afraid that like he was lying but I mean we're literally together 24 7 so I was like at this point I'd be pretty impressed if you were able to lie to me (laughs) 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 always together it would be uh, a skill I don't possess no no I trust him fully like in every aspect so it's pretty nice to have that for once so there's one aspect of the relationship which is sort of these extremes that we're touching on um and the bonding that happens in these amazing experiences and situations that you have. Um, but I'm also curious about sort of the day-to-day lower intensity connection that you've built together. And in particular, how do you show appreciation for each other? How do you connect during the quiet times? Well, it's not something I'm very good at, <laughs> to be honest, as far as the relationship goes, you know, I'm still very focused on, on the career stuff and, you know, what we're doing is a privilege. And it's something that everybody wants to do. And one of my thoughts is like the only way you can guarantee being successful if you work harder than everybody else. So um, during the day, I'm pretty focused on like, you know, getting getting work done, being productive. Um, you know, I really try to thank Ashley and, and show appreciation that way. And, you know, um, not that we can do it right now, but one of Ashley's sort of um, passions is food and going out to eat and experiencing stuff like that. And I could really... I'm I'm quite content just eating at home. Ashley's an amazing cook and I could eat pretty basic for the most part. So um, to show appreciation, you know, we go out to eat when there's, you know, any sort of celebration or Ashley has a restaurant on her list and we're nearby. Uh, so that's how I try to show appreciation. Um, at the end of the day, we kind of, we've instilled this policy fairly mm-hmm. recently where, you know, our phones go away at 10. You know, we, we typically get into bed around, 9 nine thirty. so phones away at 10 no questions asked and then you know we tend to like fall asleep closer to 11 so there's like an hour where we we're spending time together usually just like trying to annoy one another <laughs> like just cuddle, cuddle and chat and yeah. just be obnoxious but it's it's been really nice i think it's like one of the times during the day where we're not trying to think about work like we're not trying to focus at all because it's really easy during the day to just be like oh I thought of this this is something we have to do or oh, I, I thought of this and just kind of like keep bringing any conversation we have back to what we have to get done for work so it's kind of the one time where we can focus on things that aren't work and not feel yeah. unproductive that's, about it. that's part of it as well we tried not to talk about anything really work related mm-hmm. um, just to like wind down spend some quality time together which yeah. is something I'm working on because for me, my mind works in that, like, I'm so used to, I go to bed at night, I lay down, and then I plan out my next day, so I tell myself, okay, tomorrow I have to get this, and this, and this done, and Andrew is not that way at all, like, he likes to I wake up in the morning like that, I wake up in the morning, I make my list, and I go and crush my list, and Ashley's, like, pops up, she's, like, I'm, like, no, 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 like, I'm turning it off, (laughs) when he goes to bed, he's, like, I don't want to talk about work, I don't want anything, so I've really had to get used to reminding myself not to tell him the things that go through my mind, because it stresses him out, and he used to get really frustrated because I would just blurt out everything I was thinking because that's what I normally do to myself. <laughs> and yeah. I'd be like on the brink of sleep, like dreams. And she'd be like, and then we have to do this tomorrow. I'm like, ah, damn. <laughs> it's something I'm working alone. on. <laughs> <laughs> so recall earlier this week, we talked a little bit about the fact that you guys know your love languages. And I'm curious if that has helped you guys in being able to understand what the other is looking for or needing in order to feel appreciated or connected to? Yeah, it's made it a lot easier to make a conscious effort. You know, you you want your partner to be happy, but if I think people in the love language book explains this as well, but you know, people show affection in the way that they would like to receive it. And that's not always the way that they receive it. So that's one way I try to like pick up on 
um, how to make Ashley happy is when she's trying to make me happy, I can say, okay, like if I can do this for her, then it will, um, you know, benefit our, our relationship. So um, having read the Love Languages book, it sort of helps you um, characterize those things that that will most benefit her overall happiness. So, um, you know, her part of hers is quality time. Um, that's the main one, right? Mm -hmm. It's quality time. So that's sort of where like the, let's put the phones away at 10, forget about work and just like spend some time together. And, you know, it's usually, you know, we, we haven't been watching any movies or anything like that. It's just been like, we're, we spend time together for an hour, you know, without any distractions. And that's one way I've been trying to like actively lean into her uh, love language. And then yeah. what's the other one? Food. Oh, I think my other one's acts of service. Yeah. So um for me, um when I met Andrew, the previous relationship I was in was very like he did not want to be touched. He didn't like any like uh physical touch at all, especially like in public. And so I was very shut down. Like I didn't do that at all. And that was Andrew's love language. So um it was hard for me at first to like remind myself to do those things. But now I feel like I bother him when I give him like <laughs> I'm like hugging him or like touching him all the time. He's like, leave me alone. So now I need to like find a middle ground. <laughs> but um his other one is acts of service. And it was really hard when I was still when I had my normal job at the hotel. Um, I would come home from work late at night and he would have dinner cooked or he'd have put it like in the crock pot so it was ready to eat when I got home. And I really enjoyed like both of us sharing that responsibility. But since I quit my job, um, it was hard for me to get used to being the one because it helped him out like, so he could get more work done and I couldn't necessarily do like the editing things that he was doing. So he had asked me to like do the cooking, do the cleaning, do that kind of stuff because it just, he had hired someone previously, an assistant to like help him with that kind of stuff um, and work stuff as well. But when I took over um, and worked for him, she, she quit or she just stopped working. She had another job. Um, and so it was hard for me to justify like going from equal kind of parts in the relationship of those things to me being the one doing most of it. But then I kind of had to remind myself, um, especially after reading the love language book, like acts of service is his biggest love language. And so by me helping him and like taking a load off his shoulders, it wasn't necessarily like him being selfish and making me do all of these other things. It was just like, I, I allowed him to get more work done to help us make a living by doing these things, which I do enjoy cooking. So at first uh, it caused a little bit of resentment, but then after reading the love language book and realizing that it was like a way to help him. And that is one of his love languages. I think it made it easier. Yeah, I spent an absurd amount of time editing, so it's nice to have like just some yeah. of that stuff off of my plate, so we can Especially continue to do I what can't we're doing. Help edit at yeah. all, so <laughs> I still make dinner and help with yeah, dishes no, and do that does. stuff as much as I can. But definitely, Ashley's taking more of that responsibility, which is really helpful yeah. for our business and for the relationship in general. Yeah, I just want to highlight that that is a pretty powerful reframing. We talk a lot with our couples about story and how our feelings towards our partner are in small part driven by what happens and in very large part driven by the stories that we have about what happened. And so for Ashley, for you to take that experience initially and be like, whoa, now I'm doing all this stuff for you um, to which could have continued into a place of real anger and frustration and resentment um, to, hey, this is a, a way that I can be of service and a way that I can contribute and um, show love is, is pretty powerful. Yeah, it's something I still remind myself of. I mean, there's days that I get frustrated, but then I just have to like sit there and remind myself like this is the way I can help and not to let myself get upset about it. So so you you guys clearly have an unusual lifestyle with how much you play in adventure. And, you know, from the outside, you know, as your your viewers, I'm I'm sure that's that's what they see and and they don't quite understand, you know, what goes on in the background and that there's a lot of sacrifice and, and work that it takes to really create that kind of opportunity. And I was wondering what are the, some of the things that, that you guys have feel like um, you've willingly sacrificed either, you know, individually or as a couple in order to really live this sort of dream life. I moved to Park City when I was 18 years old. 
Park City is very much Neverland for a lot of people. People come here to ski and to drink and to party for like two to five years on the long end. And um, when I was 25, I decided I was going to stop drinking. Uh, not that I ever had like a serious drinking problem, although alcoholism is like a huge part of my family history and uh, a huge part of like some uh, childhood pain. So I just decided I was going to quit doing that and really just focus on the things that were somehow benefited my either my career, my health, um, or just just my lifestyle. So I stopped drinking. I started focusing on optimizing myself and my time, and um, and I've sort of just taken that. So the sacrifices I've made. It's like you know, it's rare that we have unproductive fun. So we we have this great uh, opportunity to live a, a really cool life and travel and do things and sometimes get paid to do these, these things. So, um, you know, if we're out doing something, it's usually, you know, based on, you know, training, fitness, trying to keep up my, my overall fitness or filming for a project or bring a camera and we shoot, we document the experience and we share it. So, um, which has its pros and cons, you know, the whole filming thing has become a passion of mine. It's become a new progression and a new, way of uh of growing and, and and excitement you know if i capture something in this beautiful moment and these things align and you tell this great story that's its own payoff but then there are times when we're in a beautiful place having this great experience or this potentially great experience but you know i just crashed the drone or i forgot an sd card or the lighting sucks or you know something happens that we weren't able to capture the moment where if i wasn't doing that we would just be enjoying the day so it has its trade trade-offs. Um, you know, there's sometimes I wish we could just go out and have an awesome trip and an awesome adventure and not have to bring the camera and make it happen. So that's probably the biggest sacrifice is, you know, our fun is always, you know, 80% of the time, if not more productive. I've been trying to like dial that back a little bit and, and schedule time where we're just out doing something and I don't bring the camera. But then that adds stress to it because I'm like, damn, I should have brought the camera. <laughs> double-edged double-edged sword in a way um but i mean other than you know the sacrifices being like just deciding to make healthier lifestyle choices um you know i feel like we, we lived an incredibly privileged life and i'm really grateful for it so the sacrifices seem minute at this point yeah and i think he's done a really good job since he broke his leg he was kind of forced to stop working so hard and take a break and it's really been good for him to just like spend time doing things that he hasn't had time for in a long time so he picked up the guitar again and he I in the two years we've been dating I'd seen him play guitar I think maybe twice before he broke his leg and then since he's broken his leg he's playing like every day so I think it's good for him to just like focus on something that's not necessarily like making him any money or like being productive in in the sense of like work but it's productive for him because it lets him like cool down in a way that's just like kind of like clear his mind and not actually have to be focused on it totally how about for you Ashley um for me I think one of the biggest things it, that I had to sacrifice was my career um I loved hospitality I didn't love necessarily the people that I had to interact with all the time but I love the feeling of helping people like making their vacations the best that they could be like when they would come back to me and say like you're the one that helped us and you're the reason we're on this vacation and we had the best time thank you um for me that was huge and I loved hearing that I loved being surrounded and immersed with like food and beverages are a huge part of like that would be my love language if, I, if that was a thing and it's just because my dad like that was he was passionate about it growing up we always watched the food network together and he'd cook at home every Sunday and help have me help him cook and it was just always a huge part of my life so I think I loved being like immersed in that it kind of made me feel closer to my dad even though like we were separated by distance um so I do miss my career at times especially because my passions aren't the same as Andrew's. So filming and photography and stuff um, aren't necessarily what I'm interested in. So at first it was definitely really hard for me to get passionate about it and driven um, when I started working for him in that aspect, because it wasn't something that like lit the fire underneath me. Um, but since I've learned how to edit, I haven't learned to edit videos yet, but I've learned to edit photos now. And now that I can actually take the photo, bring it home and edit it and have it to use, I think I enjoy it a lot more because before I would take the photo and be like, 
all right, well, if Andrew decides that he has time to edit this later, like he can do it. But so it wasn't really something that I got a lot of joy or use out of. But I think being able to travel and live the life that we do and go places I never would have been able to otherwise. Like last year, I got to go to Uzbekistan, which is somewhere I would never have gone, like had I tried to go on my own. But it ended up being such an incredible experience. So I think that just a sacrifice. I love travel and I always have, and I actually used hospitality to travel and take jobs out of the country in different places. So this is just a different way to make that happen. I, I wonder, was wondering, Andrew, if you could talk um, quickly about how, how you were able to make that shift. You know, it's not necessarily something that um, people can often do on their own. There, you know, usually there's some sort of big event that makes people sort of rethink their life. Yeah, um, it's kind of a silly example. Um, I'd always been very mindful of my drinking, um, just due to the the history I kind of mentioned, um, and also living in Park City, people are like kind of unreliable. And I'm here to ski. That's my passion. That's what brought me here here to snowboard. And uh, I'd always give friends a hard time about you know we'd have plans. All right, like we're gonna meet in the lift line at 8 a.m. We get first track. It's gonna be great. And then I show up and the four friends I had talked to, I know where to be seen. So I go and have my day and I, you know, see them as I'm coming down off the mountain at noon. They're like, oh, bro, how was it? I'm like, dude, it's been there, done that. Like it's, it's thrashed. Good luck. Enjoy my, enjoy my tracks. Like, you know, kind of a, a dick move. And uh, so I give my friends a hard time for missing out on powder days. And I went out one night when I was like 25 and drinking and I had plans to go ski in the morning and it had snowed like six inches which isn't a big deal for out here but growing up back east that was like mind-blowing yeah so I missed I like missed the whole day because I was hungover I was tired and I was like man I am such a hypocrite and I was probably already trending that direction I was feeling stagnant I was feeling bored um you know just like I was kind of over the park city scene um and like the friends I had were just kind of like doing the same thing four or five nights a week. And so there were a lot of things to it, but the, the, the moment I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to quit drinking for a year and see, see where that leads me. And, you know, at first it was uh, kind of boring and isolating. You know, a lot of my friends, all of my friends were still doing the same thing. They're still going out and, you know, I, I would go to the bars here and there and I wouldn't drink which was kind of interesting. It's a, it's a total uh, shift uh, in, in the bar scene. Um, so that was interesting, but uh, yeah, I just sort of eventually transitioned into this like really type A personality where I was gonna work towards this, this dream lifestyle, which seemed really unrealistic when I set off, you know, um, to do what I'm doing now full time. It seemed like it was an impossible thing, but I was like, screw it, I'm gonna, I want to go for it. And it's led me far, far beyond what I initially thought wasn't possible. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's, it's served me well over the course of the last, you know, five or six years now. And, um, you know, I, I drink very, very occasionally it's, you know, one beer in celebration or after a long day, but I mean, I haven't gotten drunk in a very, very long time. And I'm really particular, you know, I enjoy ginger beer with with lime and and ice like that's like good to me so you know that's it like winding down having a cocktail is like that's just sort of what I like and um yeah it's just served me well so it's you know I've got the the positive feedback that you know the feedback loop has been really good for me and I'm I'm really sensitive to to drinking if I do drink um I can get really depressed and sad really quickly and really upset and it's just not it just doesn't agree well with my chemistry so it was kind of an easy transition to be honest so you want to pivot for a few moments um we know through our work and through our own relationship that every couple has their pressure points whether they are sort of topics that there's just a struggle to find real resolution for or patterns that keep popping up that um, couples are struggling to try to rewire or learn how to do differently. And I'm wondering if you guys will share a little bit with us and viewers um, what some of your pressure points have been. Um, one thing for me that was, that's been a work in progress that we've gotten much better at, I feel like both of us is, um, you know, I did bring out, I built this lifestyle 
um, this, this career, which took uh, just so much grinding, so much risk, so much investment. Um, and I really do feel like it's, um, an absolute privilege to be able to travel and get paid to travel and to get paid to do some of the things that we get paid to do, but it didn't come without a ton of hard work and a ton of sacrifice. Um, and for a while, um, it was hard for me because it felt like, you know, Ashley had sort of just been gifted this lifestyle without really having to pay the dues, without having to, um, you know, she, there's, there's no way that she would ever be able to catch up as far as the amount of work I put into it. So there were times that, um, you know, I felt Ashley was like being ungrateful or wasn't working hard enough or like these things that weren't really fair to her because there was no real way she, she could, um, kind of make it feel like she was equally as equally invested. And, and also at the same time, it's like, this was my thing. This was the thing, the things that I were, was really excited about. These are my passions. These are me, or this is me leaning into the things that I love to do that I'm just wildly driven over. And I have to realize that like, these aren't Ashley's passions. They're not the things that, she, that make her wake up in the morning and like have this drive. And when I was 25 or 24 or 23, I didn't have that drive. I didn't have that passion. And, um, you know, where I'm 31, Ashley is 25. So we're, we're separated by some time and I know I've matured and evolved. So, uh, for a while it was, it was hard to, for me to like feel that she was contributing equally. Um, but I've, I've gotten a lot better at it. And I know she's made a ton of sacrifices. I know she's put a, a lot of effort into learning these things that don't come naturally to her and that don't really get her going in the morning. But um, we're just, we're two different kind of personality types. And um, Ashley is incredibly, incredibly supportive and has been willing to um, put her career aside, put some of her dreams and stuff aside to help support mine. So I need to quit being such an asshole. <laughs> um, and I think like another thing that has been a huge like difference for us is we come from very different childhoods. And I think that it's like something that when we're arguing, it kind of gets brought up because Andrew came from like a house where he basically raised his sister. His dad left when they were kids. Um, his mom was not reliable most of the time. Um, so he was the one that had to like step up and become an adult really early on and like handle everything where I had both my parents were together. They were incredibly supportive. They still are. Um, and so it's just very different. And I think in arguments, it's easy to get like thrown at me that like, uh, I, like I grew up with this lifestyle, but I think we've really worked through being able to say like, even though we come from different backgrounds, like it's not, you can't say like one person's had it easier or harder, like overall because we still struggle with things so I think that's something and then because of like his childhood um we've really worked through like how he communicates because I think in the beginning like I'm still not great at it he's still not great at it but he's come a very long way and I really appreciate like how much effort he's put into it because in the beginning he would like shut down completely he would get like really angry and then just shut down like not want to do anything or like talk about anything and he's gotten better at like if he needs to take it like a step away and like breathe for a minute and then come back in and say like, look, let's talk about this. Like, let's settle this. And, um, I think that's one of the things I appreciate the most, uh, because it was like a really big issue in the beginning and like he would get really hot headed, which then I would get upset and then we would kind of just like <laughs> go at each other. Cause both of us are really upset. So it's something that we're still working on, but, um, definitely has been a lot of improvement because, the way we were communicating for a while was definitely not <laughs> ideal whatsoever. So we live in a three-story townhome and living and working together, even sometimes that feels too small, <laughs> like <laughs> two stories of separation um, still doesn't feel like enough space at times. And so I'm curious about how living in such a small space together has maybe influenced how you guys have had to work through these things or push you to grow in certain ways that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have had to. I think one thing, especially being that like we work together and we're in such small quarters, um, is that we do argue, we do get in fights, we do get upset with each other. 
but it's hard because sometimes we're on a shoot and we're with clients and we have just gotten in this huge argument. We're still really upset with each other, but we have to go out and put on like a professional face for clients and act like everything's okay. So I think it's kind of taught both of us like to swallow our pride a little bit and be like, okay, well, yeah, we might still be mad at each other, but we have to like let it go and we can talk about it and work through it later if we want to. But like, we kind of just have to like swallow our pride and be like, all right, well, let's move past this because we have to, and now we have to go to work and make money and do what we need to do. Um, I think that's one thing that I've noticed. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easily, it's, I think it's easier for things to boil over that maybe otherwise wouldn't, you know, you get into a situation, you can separate yourself, go do something. But when you're both fuming Mm -hmm. in a tight space, it's really easy for things to just boil over. I think that's the best way to, to explain it. Um, you know, we've tried, it's great to have kicker cause you know, I always kind of disappear, <laughs> take him for a walk. Yeah. Um, or just pet him. That's separate I mean. ourselves, you know, therapy dog. <laughs> we have, you know, the, the camper and then we have the truck. And I think there's been a time where, you know, one of us will just go like sit in the truck yeah, and like try to just like cool down or, or go for a walk or something. Or I think Andrew's gotten really good too. And he can tell that I'm getting really upset or like stressed out about something and I need time to go cool down he's gotten really good at just being like okay you need to go on a walk like go work out go on a walk like work out some energy because it really does help me like when he broke his leg I was so upset <laughs> I was so upset she was so <laughs> mad and I was mad at myself too so it really didn't help no it didn't but I was so mad at him because we'd been working for two years to go to Alaska and build this thing and we finally were about to leave and then he broke his leg doing some silly stuff on the mountain <laughs> and I was so mad so I didn't talk to him for like the first day other than asking like did you need something like but I didn't really talk to him and I was pretty upset and finally I just went to the gym and I worked out and got out a bunch of like aggression and pent-up energy that I had and I came home and I was like it kind of made me realize like as much as I'm upset at him he's upset at himself a hundred times more and he's being that much more hard on himself about it so I needed to give him a little bit of grace and just be supportive and ask how I could help um so I think that's important just being able to be like all right, look, I need to get out of here. I need to go on a walk. I need to go get some time in nature um, just to be able to cool down. Because like you said, when you're in such a small space and you're mad at each other, I mean, there's not really any way of escaping it. It just kind of seems like you're suffocating sometimes. Yeah, there's there's few things worse, I think, than being laying in bed next to somebody that you're angry with or that you both are angry. Like that is such a shitty feeling. So yeah. You know, we try to like never go to bed angry. We always try to like have a conversation Mm -hmm. and work things out and try to reach some sort of like common ground or resolution Um, because I I really can't stand that feeling. I'd rather go sleep outside than or resolve it than, you know, deal deal with that. That's happened a couple of times, I feel like. Not that you slept outside, but like on a couch and like early on in the relationship when we've gotten better, like working through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think for me, like exercise is a huge part of it. If I don't, mm-hmm. if I'm stuck editing for 16 hours in a day, I am an angry little man. <laughs> yes. um, so, but if I go and get some workout, you know, workout in an hour long workout or run or walk with kicker or something, I can, it's a huge, huge reset for me. And, um, you know, that's sort of what I try to like push Ashley to do if she's being a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I need it sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's really amazing. I mean, I think it's it's wonderful how you guys have, have sort of adapted through that. Um, one other question about sort of adaptation, you guys have a pretty big social media following and not just in numbers, but there's a lot of interaction. Um, and I've been really um, amazed, you know, at the, the level of um, uh, sort of disclosure that you guys have been willing to show with your with your following. Um, and, you know, really kind of acting as, as models for a lot of people as to how, how they'd like to live their lives. I was wondering, you know, how have you guys adapted your relationship or what have you had to do, um, because you're a public couple in some ways and, and are, are seen by a lot of other people? I don't know if we've really had to adapt too much. I mean... Social media is sort of what it what it is. Um, you know, one of the things I try to base my social media on is is honesty and being uh, relatable um, and just being honest, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's really easy to post these like 
glamour pictures of these travels that we've been on and it all seems like you know hyper realistic and this this unattainable relationship so I try to like pull back the veil occasionally and say you know like actually and I have our differences we have our battles but you know she's super supportive and we do have a great lifestyle and we're working you know our relationships work it's not like we're these two perfect pieces of a puzzle that just fit together and there's no um you know there's no seam but yeah I think just trying to be honest and like uh I think one of the negative things social media does is it puts these unrealistic expectations on on everybody and they see Mm -hmm. you know these relationships and I I still do it I still see these couples on social media that just post these incredibly beautiful shots and it looks like they're madly in love and it's this whole situation like damn like why isn't our relationship (laughs) and I don't want to do that to other people so you know it's if that's what people are looking for is the you know this hyper edited lifestyle that's not really what our social media is I mean at times for sure like you get those photos and it looks amazing but the other part of it is we want to you know to inspire people to like try and live their best life and know that they're like adequate and that their situation is just like everybody else's that they're seeing on social media and I don't know I'm kind of just rambling no I agree like I don't think there's a way I had to stop reading um negative comments like on videos that would get posted because then I would bring that frustration I feel like into our conversations and Andrew would get kind of frustrated and be like look like why are you letting these people bother you and upset you so much like you're putting a damper on our whole day so I've kind of learned to just let it go and not read the negative comments and not engage people I think too because there's really no point in trying to engage and talk sense into someone that just wants to be a hater and it's (laughs) it's crazy you know we have we have a really amazing social media following some really incredible supportive people but you know there are a few people that are following us just in hopes to watch us fail in some way or to throw it uh you know a stick in our spokes wrench in our gears um and it's amazing what you know 10,000 positive comments or whatever and one really nasty comment how much how that much that can affect you it's some sort of weird yeah. human psychology thing but I don't know I've kind of got to the point that I, I typically don't engage or or even try to like change their mind you know sometimes there are people that are just really uninformed and they're like oh look at this trust a foreign and his you know trust you know trust one kid and his hot girlfriend and dream dog da, 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 da. and it's like you know I could explain my situation in, in a way and I try to do that through some of my posts because like I didn't come from any sort of unfair advantage. I just like worked really hard and got lucky in some ways and whatever. Um, so it's, it's a balance, right? Like trying to show people the reality when people have a problem with what we're doing. Sometimes we try to explain, but typically it's just, there's no hope for trolls. And I'm just kind of <laughs> like, just let it, let them go. Is there anything that you would want your followers to understand or know about you as a couple that maybe they don't know yet? I mean, we've, we've dove into a lot of it. Um, you know, I definitely think that Ashley sort of touched on it. Our upbringings couldn't be more polar opposite and Ashley has certain expectations and, um, you know, views relationships in a certain way. And, um, I have certain experiences with relationships that maybe aren't super healthy and she's been really willing to like, help me work through those and see certain things and you know it's a constant uh constant work um you know it doesn't it doesn't always feel like work but it's definitely something we're always like working on to just be better partners more supportive of one another um you know i don't i don't know exactly what we could say that people don't know yeah I think just like basically what we've touched on already like when I see people if you post a photo of me and then people start commenting on it like oh your goals you're the dream couple like you guys are perfect it's like I want to respond to every single person and be like we're not perfect 
like but that's what makes it great is like that we're not perfect and we're willing to like work through this together like I want them to know that we have how much work we have put into it because it hasn't been just like rainbows every single day so and I think that's what a lot of them maybe see unless we do like the posts where we say I mean things aren't perfect and we work through things but it's easy for someone to just glance at your profile and be like oh wow this couple's in love and they've never fought before and all this stuff because I feel like that's sometimes what I see on other couples instagrams and it's just the glamour shots it's like wow they never fight that's amazing but i mean that's right. not the case i think we, just we've been on a project with a really popular um influencer couple and their whole thing is just these crazy uh setup shots of them you know looks like they're about to make love, passionate love in this unbelievable setting and watching them work together was a lot of bickering and <laughs> and then they get this photo and it's it's unbelievable like they're they're artists in their own way but they're also portraying this picture that is not at all true to the reality i mean maybe they do have mind blowing sex afterwards yeah i don't know but uh, you know in person it, it didn't look that enjoyable as you know you see the photo you're like man i want that but watching the whole thing unfold, it's like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So last thoughts, if you can take a minute or two and summarize in a few sentences, if you think about this path and this journey that you guys are on together as a couple, why does love matter to you? I've always been like a pretty affectionate person. I've always craved affection. Um, I've always craved love. Um, you know, having a dog for me is is a great outlet for that. Um, to both give and receive love, and um, you know, having that with with another person is far far more complex, but also far more rewarding. And um, you know, those shared experiences and having the support of somebody. You know, I'm I'm pretty good at like bearing a lot of a lot of weight on my shoulders for a long time, but eventually I you know, break down and, and crack and sometimes don't feel uh, confident or whatever. And, you know, having a supportive partner and, you know, in my life makes me like 10 times more capable and stronger and just feels, feels good to have someone in my life that I care about and that I know cares about me and that wants to see me succeed and that I want to see succeed. So, um, yeah, we, we have an interesting lifestyle and it's, it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to share it with Ashley. And I think for me, um, growing up, like my parents really never fought, uh, which actually did kind of give me some skewed views or at least they didn't, they would like bicker at each other, but I never saw them fight, which some of my close friends, their parents were always arguing. So I always kind of idolized that and was like, that's what I want in my relationship someday. And I know even growing up, like I couldn't see exactly what I wanted my career to be for the longest time or what I wanted career-wise to obtain but I always knew that I just wanted to like find love find the person I wanted to spend my life with have a family with them and be happy and that was kind of always my goal um and so I think for me it's been really cool Andrew to like learn what love really is like it's not always perfect it's not going to be rainbows and that you shouldn't give up the minute that you fight because you think oh well we're not supposed to be together because we argued I think it's been great like to see what love really is and that it's work and that it takes like a commitment every day and to be able to share that with him. Well, we, we really admire you guys and, and admire what you've been able to do and the lifestyle you've been able to create and how you've been able to do it together. So thank you. What, what's the best way people can find you? So you can follow me on Instagram at Andrew underscore underscore muse or our YouTube, which is just an Andrew muse. Um, and then Ashley. I'm the unexpected adventurous on Instagram. So Ashley is more of like her take on our situation. I started a blog. I haven't put a lot of time into it lately just because things have been crazy, but it's also the unexpected adventurous. So once we're back on the road full time, I plan on doing like blog posts about our adventures, where we're going, uh, like food recipes for cooking in small homes. And then our series is called Tiny Home Adventure, which you can also find on YouTube or on Instagram. Kicker has a an Instagram as well at Kicker Dog Muse. If you like all dog photos and Kicker doing wild things, because who doesn't like that? Yeah. <laughs> and so, what what's what's sort of the schedule for plans? You you're heading out soon, or that's the plan. The lake's feeling pretty good. I'm about 12 weeks out. There's starting to see some bone regrowth. I'm like 85 percent as far as uh, 
being able to get back to the things that I was doing previously. Um, another like solid push on editing this week. And then the next, next week start working on just like tightening up some things that have broken and failed on the rig. And after that, hopefully on the road full time, uh, I'd like to get down to the desert, like mm -hmm. to get to Hood River, Oregon, the Pacific Northwest. Um, initially the plan was to drive to the Southern point of South America over the course of a year. Um, the whole COVID-19 thing that seems less safe than it was before. So we're going to kind of wait things out a little bit and, and let things develop before heading that far south. But yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be traveling, producing weekly content episodes of, you know, not only action adventure stuff, but our lifestyle, our relationship and everything in between. One, one more question. Can how, I know you guys are selling t-shirts. How can people support you if they want to? So we have some t-shirts and uh, photo prints on my website, uh, www.andrewmuseproductions.com. We also run uh, some other t-shirts through a different third party occasionally. Um, we also have a Patreon, which is uh, sort of a way that people can help support us, but we'll also give back in different ways. We offer you know, t-shirts, one-on-one um, -on -one conversations. Um, there, so I put together like a monthly uh, postcard from us from wherever we're at in the world and we send out just kind of updates that happened over the month and some photos that we've taken along our, along our adventures in the month. So and then, um, that's kind of a fun way to get some exclusive content, support, you know, throw some gas in the tank and kind of really allow us to continue to create like cool, authentic content that hopefully brings some people some joy or some insight into like what a real, real life influencer i try to say yeah. that actually looks like but um yeah we're just trying to spread some positivity and some love and some cool entertaining content yeah. i think you guys are doing a great job again really admire what you've done thanks thank we appreciate it thank you so much for your time and for your authenticity and your honesty and um we look forward to watching you guys grow and thrive thank, thank you so you. much we really appreciate your time it was great talking to you yeah well all right guys take care safe travels Thanks for joining us. You can find us on iTunes and learn more about our work with couples at AspenRelationship.com. Bye.